Welcome to the CFI Podcast, hosted by Canadian Forest Industries Magazine, Canada's leading national logging and solid wood products magazine since 1881. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends in the logging and wood products industries with experts from across Canada. This month's podcast is brought to you by Project Learning Tree Canada. Project Learning Tree Canada offers support to employers and job placements for 15 to 30-year-olds in the forest and conservation sector. Sign up today as an employer or job seeker. Get involved in mentorship and access a wide range of career resources. Learn more at pltcanada.org. That's pltcanada.org. Growing future forest and conservation leaders. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the CFI Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Cools, editor of Canadian Forest Industries Magazine. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're speaking with Kevin Edgson, President and CEO of Ecom Timber Corporation, Board Chair of the Forest Products Association of Canada, and a member of the Sustainable Forestry Initiative's Board of Directors. We'll be speaking about a challenge that all forest products companies are facing, how to attract younger people to the industry. More specifically, we'll be touching upon what younger workers are looking for in their careers, the impact of new programs and initiatives, the importance of diversity and inclusion, corporate social responsibility, mentorship, and more. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Real pleasure to join you, Ellen. Thank you. Thanks. So as I mentioned, there's been a shortage of skilled labor in the forest industry for years now, as many forestry workers reach retirement age and fewer young employees are entering the industry. It's an ongoing issue that sawmills and logging operations, both small and large, struggle with. And I'm sure many people already know this, but can you give me an overview of the main reasons why there are fewer young people entering the industry? Hey, I, I think there's a couple things that sort of play into it. The first is an outdated perception uh, of what the industry is and what the opportunities are. Uh, I think the perception rests in, in the old view that it was very labor intensive and a harsh environment when in fact, there's some really interesting technologies. Uh, it's sustainable. It's green. It's an environment that's not an office. Uh, the communities you get to work in are, are uh, wonderful communities based across uh, northern Canada. I think the second part is there's been a generational shift away from manufacturing and trades jobs, uh, the general urbanization of Canadian society. Uh, and then, you know, also what has challenged our industry is it is and can be cyclical. Uh, we had a very tough go through the 08 Great Recession, uh, and we're really just getting our feet underneath us again and, and have a whole new generation introduced to the opportunities that rest in the forest products industry. Right, yeah. And as you mentioned, part of the issue is that the public often has a negative perception of forestry, thinking it's not sustainable or environmentally friendly, when in fact the exact opposite is true. Uh, for the younger workers of generation, they value corporate social responsibility, community support, and sustainability. So it's especially important that we get this message out there. So what can companies do to educate the public and ensure younger people know about the benefits of working in forestry? I appreciate your acknowledgement that, uh, that those misconceptions are not true. And in fact, uh, Canada has the most certified forests uh, in the world. Uh, in fact, I think we really are setting the standard in terms of how to sustainably manage the resource. Uh, it is the only uh, renewable resource uh, available to us. Um, and what we need to do is continue to live our values. Uh, our industry is full of people that really care for the environment. They really care about the sustainable nature of the business and the communities and landscape that they work on. Uh, and I think we need to make sure that truth and science are heard. 
there's a lot of misconceptions or mistruths or, or the like that are put out there. Uh, and, and what we have to do is just get down to the facts uh, and engage people where they are so that they come to appreciate uh, the industry for what it is and what it will be into the future. Absolutely. Uh, so on a more general note, what else can forest products companies do to attract young workers? Well, I think what we have to do is showcase the technology and the science of the industry, uh, the natural work and living environment that we're in. We have to showcase how well we manage our force uh, and, and allow them to feel proud about the social responsibility and acceptability of our, our industry. And then we really need to appeal to underrepresented demographics. Uh, this is an industry that was quite traditional for a long time. It's shifting, uh, but we have to make sure that we're proactive in that engagement. Right. So are there any specific areas that you think companies need to improve upon? I think generally it's, it's communication uh, and, and it's engaging really all levels of society so that they come to understand what the industry is about, what it does, uh, the way it approaches the resource, uh, manages it, but also the technology and the interest of the jobs and, and, and really what we're creating here are careers, careers that people can be very proud of raising families around. Uh, and so it's it's that public engagement. It's getting past the the misconceptions. It's getting past the the hurdles and, and burdens that have been placed on it, and really having an honest conversation about what uh, what it's really about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very important. And there are, of course, a number of industry wide initiatives and organizations that are working to raise awareness of the opportunities forestry provides young workers and the different career paths available to them such as the Sustainable Forestry Initiatives Project Learning Tree Canada, which has an educational outreach called Green Jobs. Um, as a member of the Sustainable Forestry Initiatives Board of Directors, can you talk a bit about the Green Jobs program and how it's helping attract younger workers to the industry? I, I'd, I'd be proud to. I'm, I'm really excited about uh, this opportunity and, and the way the SFI has, has leveraged um, both public and private funds in terms of creating those opportunities. The whole concept around Project Learning Tree Canada is to help youth understand uh, the green nature uh, job opportunities that exist uh, within the industry. They do that by uh, engaging uh, in 2008 uh, over 200 employers with wage matching uh, for job opportunities and the like. Uh, the other thing is that it's focused on not just youth, but also getting a better representation from a, a diversity and inclusion perspective. Uh, they've achieved gender balance in placements, and they provide a great deal of support for Indigenous youth and others that are facing employment barriers. Uh, they had a really novel way of sort of uh, making these opportunities apparent. Uh, Green Jobs Manager Zach Wagman embarked on a, uh, a cross-Canada journey on a wooden bicycle, of all things, uh, alongside a, a family member. Uh, they traveled over 9,200 kilometers from Victoria to St. John's, uh, meeting with over 230 green job youth. Uh, they came into Timmins. Uh, we were able to organize some speaking opportunities for him at the YMCA and a ride along with the town members and, and uh, local officials. So it's really a function of, of providing the youth of Canada with both the means uh, to understand what the available uh, opportunities and career paths are, uh, and then helping employers uh, be able to engage those youth in meaningful work uh, as they move themselves through education opportunities and then ultimately into the career paths.
Right. Yeah. I remember reading about Zach's trip and being so impressed by him. Such a long way to go. Um, <laughs> really remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. So millennials today, they make up about 50% of Canada's workforce. So companies need to adapt in terms of fostering mobility and flexibility in the workplace and bringing in new technologies such as AI and robotics. So how do you think the forest industry is doing with that so far? Well, I, I think first what we have to do is recognize that a lot of that new technology, uh, flexibility in terms of the workplace and mobility in terms of career and working environments exist today and have existed for a long time. Uh, what we have to do is, again, uh, deal with outdated misconceptions. Uh, we take technologies like LIDAR and drone surveys uh, and integrate them into forest management practices that are world leading. Uh, mills use some of the most sophisticated sensors and modeling to optimize the use of, of each log. And so it's really a matter of engaging uh, youth that, that are especially interested in STEM or trade type career paths and help them understand what those opportunities are. And then once they're in the careers, get out of their way so that they may elevate our business uh, and not just e-com, but the industry in general and elevate it to that next level uh, to see the generational impact that they can have in terms of managing within this uh, the sustainable resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely important. So Ecom has also created several programs and initiatives to help attract younger workers, such as a yearly scholarship program investing in the education of youth across Canada and a focus on continuous culture. Can you talk a bit about these programs and initiatives and how successful they've been so far? I, I'd love to. They've actually been very successful. We have two scholarship programs. Uh, we have one that's uh, dedicated to Ecom employee family members. Uh, we offer uh, scholarships that are not necessarily linked to the study field that we're in, but generally just raise the uh, access for family members uh, to be able to see their children grow up through uh, post-secondary education uh, in hopes that some of them will stay in the communities that, uh, that they've grown up in and, and really continue to build that fabric which Canada was built on. We also have a second scholarship program, which is for the Aboriginal peoples uh, in the areas that we operate. Um, that one, as well as, is aimed at increasing the capacity of those communities and their ability to integrate work with and uh, in our organization. Um, we have within our organization uh, opportunities for summer internship programs. Uh, we hire out of the schools of forestry and engineering. Uh, and give those opportunities uh, to young people so they can come and see what it's like to work in our organization and in the field of, of forest products. Uh, and often those summer interns, once they've completed their studies, are actually uh, able to find jobs, uh, having taken their uh, hands-on experience in real-world settings uh, with us, and then come back and, and rejoin us for a career path as we go forward. Oh, that's great. So... Uh, in November last year, Ecom also signed a memorandum of, of understanding with Northern College in Ontario. It's a three-year agreement that encourages teaching partnerships, recruitment and employment initiatives, speaking engagement opportunities, co-op placements, and more. So how did that partnership with Northern College come about? Well, it, it's really a melding of, of uh, needs and opportunity. Uh, the school has students that are interested in uh, taking their education, especially in the trades fields, 
uh, and getting on uh, on the job uh, placements and opportunities to to learn both in terms of the specifics of their job, but also in a work environment with uh, experienced uh, uh, tradespeople that have been in the field for a long time. We happen to have a lot of uh, well-experienced tradespeople that have a lot of uh, experience to share, um, but we're also looking for the next generation to come in. And so it was just a matter of connecting up with the school uh, and with the job opportunities that we have. Uh, and, and it helps us find future uh, employees uh, that can come join us and it gives the students the ability to uh, to connect with people who have done the job and learn from them that which they will not learn in a lab or in a book. Um, it's been really a fantastic opportunity. We've been really pleased early on. Now, COVID did cause us a bit of a, a, a pause. Uh, it was hard because schools shut down as did our sites. Um, but with the apprenticeship, we aim to make students aware that there's a rewarding career path available for them in the communities that they've grown up in. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it's a great program. So when you're trying to attract younger employees, as you've already mentioned, diversity and inclusion is very important. Uh, but the forest industry has historically been a very homogenous, mainly Caucasian men. So yes. how has the industry uh, changed in recent years? Well, you know, the, the really exciting part, uh, one is we have to be aware of the blind spots that we have. And so we've uh, done a fair bit of engagement in terms of understanding what it means to be inclusive and, and to understand cultural blind spots and, and the like, because you can't fix what you do not see. And so you have to start there. The second part is you have to understand that there's a plug flow of employees that fit that demographic that you talked about. But as the new employees come in, and we engage in uh, the youth uh, and give opportunities as we go forward. Uh, the gender balance, uh, the cultural balance, the, the background balance, uh, all of these things are finding a completely different demographic as, as we move forward. There's a lot of work to be done, but I'm, I'm really proud of the progress we've made. Uh, one of our mills, uh, Air Falls, which uh, just started up a few years ago, uh, it's staffed today by 25% women. Uh, in leadership as well as uh, labor roles. Uh, our chief forester, one of our senior leaders uh, on the forest uh, management side of our business is, is a woman, Jenny Tallman. Uh, she's a real leader and a mentor to many others within the industry and outside. Uh, we've made efforts to attract a diverse workforce and, and that's happening in proportion to the demographic shift in the Northern regions. Um, in 2019, 62% of our hires were coming from a targeted group, young people, First Nations, women, visible minorities. Uh, and, and at Ecom, a total of 25% of our workforce is under 30. Uh, 56% is under 45. And so when that new wave comes in, uh, we believe that we are positioning ourselves to both understand what the opportunities are and engage people in a way that uh, we'll be able to get a much better balance, uh, more in line with the demographics uh, in the, in the cultural elements of the communities in which we function. Yeah, that's excellent. Very good to hear that. So do you think that enough is being done overall in the whole industry to transform the forestry to be more diverse and inclusive? I think there's a lot of passion uh, amongst all of the companies uh, in our industry in terms of engaging people in, in, in on all the elements that I've talked with you so far, helping them understand what the opportunity are and, and, and the like. There is a, a large proportion of people that have been in the industry for a long time and they fit the demographic you talked about, which is older uh, Caucasian male. 
Um, but when it comes to the new entrants, uh, I think there's a real willingness and, and really an interest uh, amongst the industry in terms of opening those doors and allowing people to find their way. Um, I think, you know, the more diverse you become, and it doesn't really matter what industry you're in, but Forest Products fits the same thing. You get different perspectives. Uh, you get to see different ways of engaging with one another. You get to grow as an organization. And I think all of those things lead to being just a better corporate citizen uh, within society. Yeah, absolutely. One of the issues, though, is that it's not just difficult to attract younger workers, but it can also be difficult to retain them. So what can forest products companies do to retain their younger employees? Well, you have to recognize that, that people no longer uh, join a, a company or take a career, and, and that's the end of the engagement. Uh, we have to recognize that if we're going to intend on holding on the very best workers that are available, then we have to provide a rewarding place to work. And, and people look for more than just simply a job to go to and a paycheck. They want to feel like they're contributing. They want to feel like they're heard. They want to be respected and they deserve to be. Uh, and if you really want to elevate the company to the next level, what you have to do is continue to invest uh, in those young leaders. Uh, we have personal development plans for all of our, uh, all of our employees, including our young leaders. Uh, we have an internal growing leadership program where we identify and bring along leaders, giving them exposures to the entirety of the organization and the business we do, not just the area that they're in. Um, and we're starting to hire managers and supervisors in, in training modes or roles uh, so we can start building leaders and give them an opportunity to be prepared for when opportunities arise. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Um, of course, it's also important to retain older employees, and Ecom has a lot of long-term employees, some of whom have been with the company for more than 40 years. So how do you keep them engaged and up to speed with new technology? Well, to start, I think you have to acknowledge that we are fortunate to have many loyal and long-term employees. And as you say, with careers that are spanning more than 40 years. Uh, for us, it again goes back to creating that culture in that workplace that people are proud to be uh, part of. And so what we do is we focus on, on our values. We try to create a safe and healthy work environment where people are respected and able to collaborate and, and to be heard and to contribute. As we go forward, we work a lot in terms of transparency and openness and honesty. Uh, and, and most important, we have to create that safe work environment. And so safety has to be your primary uh, priority within the organization. And it has to be a place that when people go home to their family at the end of their shift, they've uh, gone home and every bit as well off as they were when they arrived. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Safety is very important. Um... These older employees, they also have a lot of industry knowledge, tips and tricks, which the younger employees need to learn. So mentorship is obviously a key part of training and retaining younger employees, yeah. especially in the more niche aspects of the industry like saw filing. But some older employees might be reluctant to pass on trade secrets, so to speak, because it took them years to learn. So what would you say to that type of thinking? Well, you know, I, I struggle. I, I, I don't see it. To be absolutely honest, um, I, I think you'd, if, if you did run into it, you'd have to in, in, engage with it and remind people that they got to where they got to through the mentorship support and, and, and uh, relationships they had along the way. But it's really not part of our culture. And, and to be quite honest, I, I, I have to tell you in, in, in my more than 30 years in the business, I've really not seen that in the type of people that come into the forest products industry. 
especially on the trade side or, or uh, those that have specialty skills, uh, they tend to, to like to share what they've got. They tend to want to in, embrace uh, young people who come in with a lot of enthusiasm and, and, and book knowledge, uh, but lack experience. And, and what I see is, is a real willingness to engage. Um, and, and then we foster within our culture uh, those same values, uh, you know, it's, we put a great emphasis in terms of, uh, we are one e-com, uh, our, our sites, operations, our workforces, they're independent on one another. Our success is tied to everybody doing their best, uh, sharing their knowledge and their observations. Uh, we don't have winners and losers in our organization. Uh, we're all working together. And so, Though I understand the question, and I don't mean to dodge it, it just isn't what I see in the workforce that I've been uh, honored to be able to work alongside. Yeah, no, actually, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, it's just something that I've heard here and there, and I wanted to get your opinion, but I'm glad to hear that that's not the case in your experience. So for young people who are currently in the industry or looking to get into the industry, what uh, advice do you have for them? Well, I think the first thing is to recognize that Canada is a very big country and, and all the jobs are not in the cities. Um, there are a lot of wonderful communities to live in outside of Montreal and Toronto or Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Um, when you get out of those major urban centers, there's a whole world that opens up. Uh, and if you have interest in uh, nature, if you have interest in uh, enjoying the outdoors, if you like a, a career that's uh, rewarding uh, and at the same time is, is something that, that really allows you to live your values uh, at a workplace, um, that's what we're going to have to ensure people see. Um, it takes a lot of courage to leave a small town to go to a, a larger center for education. It then again takes courage and foresight to be able to return to a, a smaller town in the north. And so what we need to do is help people understand those opportunities and that there is a great places, both in terms of work environments, but also great communities to work in. Um, that, that jobs are there, they're long-term career jobs in a sustainable industry. Um, we are today cutting and harvesting and processing trees uh, in the Timmins area that are younger than the forest products industry has been in Timmins. And so if that isn't an example of sustainability, I don't know what is. Uh, but our industry has been here for hundreds of years. It's going to be here for hundreds more. Uh, and people just need to understand there's a, a very rewarding lifestyle and career available to them if they'd like to get out. Absolutely, yeah. So right now, obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic is having an impact on the industry. Uh, some sawmills have curtailed their operations and are reducing shifts in response to market volatility. And you add that to the downturn in BC, and some young people might think that the industry is not a stable one to get into. So what would you say to them? I think I'd, I'd break it into pieces. Um, first, if you talk just briefly about BC, B BC suffered over a 25, almost 30-year period with a insect infestation that largely rendered its forest uh, from dying to dead. Uh, the industry did all it could in, in cooperation with government and, and to, to do the best they could in managing uh, that infestation. A lot of the more permanent curtailments that BC is looking at right now has nothing really to do with the economy or, or with COVID and is really focusing on the fact that the wood supply now needs a, a period of time to rebuild itself back up to what it once was. 
Uh, in terms of COVID, um, I think the interesting thing that, that Forest Products offers is one of the few industries that has continued to operate. Uh, it was de deemed an essential service uh, across the country. Uh, it's tied in as an integrated business all the way to the very products that are necessary for the health and safety of society. Um, construction and home building is a fundamental need. Uh, and so through this, there has been a lot of operation. Early on in the COVID pandemic, there was a challenge in terms of, of absenteeism and being able to get enough workers to come in and, and, and man the station. Uh, some of that was tied to, you know, just the timing around spring break. Uh, we had a number of, of workers that took their families and went on spring break holidays and they came back and, and they were uh, subject to both the voluntary and mandatory uh, quarantines. Those workers have now uh, exited out uh, of those quarantine and have resumed back to work. And so we're seeing uh, operations, even though we continue to operate right through this period, we, like many others, struggled uh, with, with having enough employees. Well, those employees are all coming back and the industry is, is again, uh, re, re, um, returning to its, its operation. I would respond to uh, somebody questioning the sustainability or the stability of the industry of saying you're hard pressed to point to another industry that has weathered this storm as well and has as positive an outlook, uh, not just in the long term, but in the short term with the economic uncertainty. Um, it, it's, it's something to be very proud of, both in terms of the way we reacted, but the fundamental piece that we belong in terms of the essential support of society, uh, both from an economic and a supply uh, uh, situation or, or um, contribution that we can make. Um, you know, it's it's exciting when you look forward at, at the sustainable nature of the business. Uh, we're seeing more and more uh, taller mass timber uh, structures and architects are embracing that. They're starting to come and understanding the sequestering of carbon and, and how forestry can actually be a tool for dealing with climate change. Um, I, I would respond to people that question about the stability and the future of the industry by saying it's quite the opposite. It is probably one of the most sustainable, uh, stable and, and positive uh, industries that Canada has. Yeah, absolutely. You make a few great points there. So looking ahead five or 10 years down the road, do you think the industry will have solved its labor shortage problem? Oh, I, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm a glass half full type of person. I think the kind of opportunities uh, that are available within the industry are, are the type that are going to attract really interesting people that want to come and make a difference. And so I think there's a lot of work to do and there's some uncertainty in the short term, uh, but we'll continue to fight the good fight. We'll continue to open doors and welcome people uh, into our industry. Uh, and I think it, it just means that uh, as we look forward, uh, those sort of opportunities are, are, are going to welcome and encourage people to join the industry. And so I, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I think we're doing our best and we're coming up with some really creative solutions that uh, will help address uh, our opportunities. Yeah, that's great to hear. So do you think that the industry will have around like half younger workers or anything like that specifically that you can talk about um, percentage wise? I, you know, I, I don't know how numbers go. I know that we've got a demographic uh, bulge that probably in the next 10 to 20 years is, is going to move their way towards retirement. And that's going to get fulfilled by young workers or middle-aged workers that come in. And so the average age uh, is going to continue to get lower over time. 
Um, and so I, I'm really optimistic in terms of where the industry is going. And I, I think, like I said, the, the opportunities married up with uh, people looking for jobs that they can really show their skills and be proud of being part of, uh, we're going to see the, the demographic shift. And, and with that, we'll see more diversity and inclusion in our workspace. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. I think it'll be interesting to see how the industry evolves in the coming years, and I'm uh, excited to see how it changes. So, That's Kevin, thanks again uh, well, for joining thank us. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you and answer your questions, and uh, wish you the very best. Yeah, you too. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the CFI Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. This month's podcast was brought to you by Project Learning Tree Canada. Project Learning Tree Canada offers support to employers and job placements for 15 to 30-year-olds in the forest and conservation sector. Sign up today as an employer or job seeker. Get involved in mentorship and access a wide range of career resources. Learn more at pltcanada.org. That's pltcanada.org. Growing future forest and conservation leaders.